Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. And if you're listening to this around the time it comes out, it's nearly Christmas. Uh, before we get started, it's pretty crackers out there with postal strikes, icy weather, and general Christmas frenzy. And if you're looking for brilliant gifts where you can handpick beautiful products to put together in a really tailored, personal way, please come and have a look at my gift company, Don't Buy Her Flowers. Our gifts are all about encouraging the recipient to take a bit of time for themselves, which is definitely needed at Christmas. And we have gifts for men, kids and teens, as well as women, so you can get everyone ticked off the list in one place. We're planning to keep taking orders up until the 23rd of December, and our couriers have been doing amazingly um, keeping up currently, but because of all the issues mentioned and some areas have backlogs, I would say crack on and order as soon as possible if you want to definitely have those gifts arriving by Christmas Day. Then you can sit back, maybe get circling your radio times. God, do you remember when Christmas was all about plotting TV viewing and snaffling food that other people made for you? Those were great times. My guests today actually have some sensible thoughts on Christmas, which is to not go too crazy trying to do everything and make it magical like you might see on social media, because it's not real anyway. Today's episode is with Victoria Eames and Laura Belbin, who you might know as Knee Deep in Life, and they are massive on social media with hundreds of thousands of followers, and they create videos and content mostly taking the piss out of themselves and motherhood, and there's a lot of being daft and disgusting, and they have the No Holes Barred podcast together where they do all of that a lot. But as you'll hear in this episode, they also are really thoughtful and can be emotional. And we talk about how they got into these careers where they have books and a stage show and generate a lot on Instagram, as well as all the kind of tougher challenges they've each faced. We talk about motherhood and uh, handling social media. And also we'll take you on an emotional roller coaster reflecting on 2022 Talking Heroes villains you may be able to guess who that was uh, crushes and triumphs i actually met laura and victoria a little while ago and it was lovely to see how genuine their friendship is they do really like each other and it's lovely that they've gone and done these separate things and then they've come together and created a whole other um thing but thank you to resi design for sponsoring this episode resi is an architectural platform whose aim is to simplify the process of extension projects and take the homeowner's idea to build. And we'll talk more about them later in the episode. Okay, hold on for some smut, obviously some poo and bum chat, 
and hearing three women do what women do when we get together, which is having a lovely time covering a whole spectrum of emotions and topics, starting with what the hell did they do before regularly getting half naked online for a living? Do you know what I want to talk about first? So you both obviously do lots of daft stuff on Instagram. Yeah. What did you do before you did this? Hilariously, we both worked in like administrative roles. So I worked in a school as support staff. I was the communications manager. So there was like elements of it that were creative. Certainly no humour though, other than just being my hilarious self. Same, exactly the same. An exceptionally boring admin job. I'd done it for 14 years and it was just convenient. It was around the corner, but I hated it. And then you both accidentally started posting stuff and people liked it. I still don't really know what an influencer is. And I was so shit at it that I started it on Facebook and then somebody was like, why don't you do it on Instagram? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) So I then started Knee Deep in Life on Instagram, but I thought you had to post different things across both platforms. So I would create content on Instagram, content on Facebook. I mean, I I don't even know how or why I did it that way. I made it so difficult for myself. And then it took quite a while. And then I was like, oh, it's just the same. I just do the same across both platforms. So yeah. But I always wanted to be big. Who am I fucking kidding? Of course I did. Yeah, I didn't. I'm such I, I an did. egomaniac. Yeah, it, it was totally accidental as well. But it was surely, surely, is that even a word? Surely, surely. It was out of sheer boredom that I started my Instagram account because I was on maternity leave with my son. Weirdly, mine was not humour at first. It was interiors. It wasn't like me. And I had big plans of like doing, you know, tutorials and YouTube and the rest of it. Just literally because I was so lonely and I had no friends and I had a six month old baby and was like, kill me now. And it became like a, a escapism completely. But the, the humour element of it was that back then, six years ago, it was all about uh, stills, images, not video and captions, wasn't it? So I used to like really, really put so much thought and effort into what I was writing and make that comedic that was about my life as a mum and having a kid and all the rest of it and and a lot of as well about my husband at the expense of my husband and um it seemed to resonate more with people than my house but the account still grew I don't know whether it was the pictures or the captions or what but for me it was like I loved that humor side of it and soon the pictures just became a bit redundant really it was like it's the same old fucking photos of my house it's boring and then stories started didn't they I just used to chat loads of shit on there and I almost like enjoyed the stories more I think and Mm. then when I was pregnant with Edith that's when I did my first ever like funny video and it, it went bonkers and it was like oh okay there's something in this I think and then gradually it was just like a slow sort of like fading out the interior stuff and it just solely became video and uh, then obviously reels kicked in and that was it then wasn't it and we've all we're all fucking slaves to the reels (laughs) (laughs) do your neighbors know what you do for a living oh they must (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i've got complete anonymity here like no one fucking knows what i'm who i am i love it like no one at the school gates knows who i am it's just brilliant i love it a massive part of the podcast is the stories that people send you in, right? A couple of the ones that made me die. So one was about the kid who found one of daddy's hairs and <laughs> yeah. he put it in his pocket to take to school. It's a pube in his pocket a pube, yeah. to take to school. But the other one was um, grandma had made a chicken soup. <laughs> 
they're all sitting around to eat the chicken soup. And then she says, oh, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty good given it's a week old. Yeah. Can you remember what happened next with the granddad? Yeah. yeah. He oh, projectile vomited and shit, didn't it, at the same <laughs> time? And they all ended up with like the most horrific fucking salmonella poisoning. Yeah, that was good. That. What's your favourite? It's got to be the most recent one, the turd baguette or the fanny oh, part do. Yeah, the fucking turd baguette was absolutely brilliant. That was... But then equally, so is Vic's story of her uh, shitting <laughs> on the, the school toilet seat. I mean, those <laughs> three are, are my top three. Sorry, what happened? <laughs> so when I was about, um, when I was in secondary school, so it was like my first ever party in year seven. And I used to like, I had a really weird, I never ate. And so I, I never shit when I was younger so it would go like I don't know five or six days without doing a poo and then when it came it was like no this is happening and it would also be a gigantic rock hard log because I hadn't eaten anything really so it was just like (laughs) complete constipation and I was at a party and there was like (laughs) this rickety door which was kind of like I don't know like made out of wicker or something like it couldn't close properly and I had to go to the toilet so I went to the toilet but they were mucking around outside and they turned the light off and in my panic, I didn't know what was going on, couldn't see anything. So I just like flushed the toilet and then got up and went to go out, opened the door. And they're like, what's that on the toilet seat? Oh. <laughs> I left a massive fucking log on the toilet seat and literally had to run back and like punch it back into the loo and be like, it's a chocolate log. It's a, it's a chocolate mini roll. It's a joke. And um, I'm going to say no one believed me, but there you go. <laughs> Oh, you've been like eleven. Yeah, it was yeah. truly oh, humiliating. Oh, yeah. made for but a great story, fantastic story. <laughs> and then the funny part of Doom was just someone that was on one of those um, fairground rides that spins round the gravity ones, where you like get stuck to the wall. And she Walter. just kept. She, no, not Walter. But she was, was on her period. Started. She had a really heavy period. Yeah, that's it. And she was and just she like stop funny farting. She couldn't stop queefing the whole wet <laughs> the funny whole fart. ride. <laughs> Just the the visual image of that is so funny. Yeah, we do get some exceptionally amazing stories from listeners. They're amazing. But like without them, the the podcast wouldn't, well, it would exist, but it would just be Vic and I randomly talking about shit. That's what we do. Are you currently balls deep in Christmas? How how is it looking? I don't think I buy into the whole concept of doing loads and loads of things over Christmas so that's just really helpful to not feel that sense of overwhelm I really fucking love Christmas I love celebrating just generally everything anyway but this year no I'm not ready for it I just think my head's not in it at all I don't even have fucking sellotape in the house let alone wrapping paper or anything else so I have next week before my kids go on holiday to get my shit together which I can guarantee I won't do so yeah, I haven't yeah. wrapped any presents yet or anything like that, but I'm not worried no. about it. It's one of those things that you just do over the course of a couple of evenings, isn't it? And yeah, we don't yeah. go mad. Like, we don't go crazy with the kids because I just think it's it's wasteful, really. Well, yours are still quite little, aren't they? And they yeah. don't, they just, they'll be so excited by anything that's wrapped up. Like, exactly. Yeah. They are. Because yeah. how old is your eldest, Steph? 12. Yeah, so, so, so Elliot's going to be 12 next month. We're kind of in the same boat. How's secondary and, school going? Yeah, good, actually. Yeah. It's just really different. Good. It's it is so different, different, but he's he's doing really good. He's doing really good. It's actually, it's been a, a welcomed relief in comparison to how worried I was in the lead up to. He's thriving. I mean, I'm up the, the school's arsehole. That's where I was this morning permanently, but that's how you get shit done, isn't it? 
Mm. You've got to be yeah. that parent. I am that parent. I mean, some people might call me the helicopter mum, but it's like if my child needs something, I will literally walk over hot coals to get it. Well, secondary school's weird because you're not you're not given all the information. You're suddenly cut out of the loop compared yeah. to primary school where there's a lot of information. I actually went and met Elliot's tutor and I said to her, there was an incident that had happened. And I said, look, I'm going to put it to you like this. It either gets dealt with or I fucking come into the school windmilling. I said, so um, <laughs> which way would you like it to go? And she went, I think I'd like you to come into school windmilling, actually. I was like, that can be arranged. <laughs> Luckily, she's got a good sense of humour. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, I just think you've got to be a little bit gung-ho, especially as your kids get older, because parents are meant to take a bit more of a back seat. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do it. So yeah. <laughs> anally retentive, I think it's called. Control freak. <laughs> There's so many different words to describe me. I think December is just a bit crackers and it it sounds good that you've both kind of gone, this is how we're going to do it. Probably the last couple of years as well of not being able to do all all of the stuff. You kind of go, oh, this is more enjoyable. I personally think that social media is like the biggest ball bag in our lives with regards to that. And obviously both Vic and I are like anti that and we, we are very much the reality. Like all my fucking Halloween pumpkins are still outside my front door so I don't know what to do with them but the thing (laughs) is is that we're not seeing that and like God knows Vic and I fall to it on so many occasions of that self-comparison and we're in this business Mm. where we go shit we're not enough we're not good enough we're not this enough we're not that enough and Mm. that self-comparison is so awful and I feel like because social media like TikTok and you know like being a professional fucking hired girlfriend like that's the thing now on TikTok of like how to make your partner's house perfect and how to provide them with a perfect breakfast before they start their day and I just think fucking how like what ideas are we pumping out into society and it's still that the very archaic keeping up with the Joneses but it's Mm. just done in a very different way in the way that it feels like you can't really avoid it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because the only way you if avoid you're, if it is if you're on social media. Social re- yeah, and who's yeah. going to not go on social media? It's our lives, right? I mean, yeah. what else am I going to do? Speak to my husband. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's really hard. And it's really hard to remove yourself from that because it's literally fucking everywhere. I mean, Vic and I, we take great pleasure in conversations where we're like fucking hell have you um have you seen this have you seen this have you seen this and it's just I think it's just too much isn't it and the problem is that you can really lose perspective mm. and genuinely believe that like every moment of that person's life is like yeah. that which isn't the reality at all and also, it's not going to be because it isn't you know it's just no. that's a fact no one's life is picture if perfect you're all the time stopping to take a picture as well like because are your husbands on social media um, not publicly yeah no. not publicly yeah so, and Doug isn't and I think that really helps because if you go oh can you get a picture of this and it's like at a really daft time like you're having a you're having a genuine family moment or I don't know the two of you are having an actual moment they're like what because it makes no sense because it yeah. makes no sense whereas yeah. you can't that perspective thing you can go like, oh but that would have made a really good picture it's like no, that was meant to be an actual life you know, a moment, weird, a like, memory. I, I'm yeah. actually, I, I think partly maybe because my career is like on social media, I don't, I always forget to take photos. I'm mm. never thinking about taking photos when we're doing things or when we're having a nice time with the kids. And I get really fucked off if Rob's got his phone out because I'm just like, no, what are you doing? Like, put your phone away. This is about us now. 
and mm. oh let's take a picture of it I'm like no just just be in the moment I think people have really they've lost the ability to do that you know I'm a little bit the other way I'm not quite on the same page as Vic like if we go out I won't have my phone it's just in my pocket if we go for walks or whatever but I don't have many uh like snapshot memories of my upbringing like there's very few photos because obviously it's the 80s and any <laughs> videos are all of my older siblings and not me. They get bored by the third one, mate. Yeah, third. Yeah, I've got three. And I, yes. I, there's not one picture. This is dreadful. Frank's five. And there's not one picture on the wall. Of <laughs> no, no. Uh, Toby. We did, it, we did it all with the younger ones. And then we've got yeah. pictures, obviously, but we just haven't got quite got around to putting them up. Yeah. We have said, Doug said the other day, I think, I think we need to rectify that. Really. <laughs> no, we <laughs> had the exact same issue where we only had pictures of Elliot around the house and, and Toby was about five. And it was like, God, we should do something. And now there's one in the hallway where he's next to Elliot. Yeah, but we yeah. don't have many like actual pictures in our house anyway. It's more like artworky type stuff. But I think that for that reason, I've been a little bit more conscious that I want to be able to make those memories because mm. I, and I don't know whether it's because of the way that my brain works, I really, 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 really love pictures of anything, of anyone. I don't care. I will sit and look through them. I find all of it lovely and it all tells a story and a memory. Mm. So I'm very different, but I won't take loads of pictures. I've learned to chill out a little bit and not do it. I think I lived in fear of missing the memory while in actual fact, I wasn't part of the memory because I was desperately trying to capture it to be able to look back at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, it's but a yeah, I do balance, love photos. It? It's a fine balance. <laughs> and I, like I will sit on so many evenings, I will sit and literally just go back to pictures and videos of them when they were little. In fact, all of us do and we'll sit and look at them. Yeah, I mean, that I sounds like that really well. precious as fucking not. No, but, I, but it's also the fuckery of being a mum yeah. that... I like now you've got a 12 year old this bit is going to be challenging but I yeah. hate it I hate 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 it when people go oh you don't know it's just going to get harder you're like yeah. well you like that's really helpful I still at this point swear that the younger bit that first bit was dreadful Agreed. and so hard totally of, agree with because you. you didn't know who you were so at yeah. least now they might be really hard but I feel more like I'm it's not even a fucking scratch on what it's like to have a newborn baby no I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. And the sleep and all the inconsistencies and beating yourself up and the guilt and the shame, all that. Because you do get kinder to yourself. It's the stupid shit of like, oh my God, when should I wing them? Oh my God, they've not sat up yet. And oh no, they haven't rolled yet. And that self-comparison I think is so intense because not only have you got that social reminder of how well your child's doing, Mm. you've got bloody, what you call them? health visitors and they do the one year review or whatever the fuck it is there's a continual comparison of well your child hasn't hit those benchmarks yet Mm. and I think that the early stages of parenthood and that's not just the early months I think it's the early years Mm. is excruciating if someone were to go would you take them back to when they were little I'm like no I'm good I'm all right. But you look you. at pictures and go, oh God, they were delicious. Like yeah, they yeah, absolutely yeah. hands and all that stuff. So that is why it's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's do you remember the, we- the weigh-ins? The, the fear yeah. of, oh, we had one where Doug and I, for whatever reason, we'd left the house at different times. And I think he had the baby. And it was just the, my first. And I'm like running behind him. And we were trying to get there on time, so we were late. So I think I was like, go, just go, go. Like, <laughs> I was so desperate to get him away because he was underweight and they were worried about him and he'd lost too much weight and all that stuff because he was born early and like, it wasn't feeding properly. And then 
I he I lost him. I didn't know where I was going or something. And I like ran into a local community center going like and it was the wrong place. And like, can I use your phone? Because I was trying to find him. I'd forgotten my phone. It was just so much chaos. And then like, yeah. we got there and they said, Oh, you you you're too late. It, it was like oh finished at ten forty five and it was ten forty six. And I just stood there sobbing. Yeah. But those weigh-ins used to be so intense. And actually yeah. it's like if you look at the baby and they look okay, which he did, but I had I because we'd had but like struggle at the beginning I was just so stressed by it all yeah and also oh my you, God, at that point it's this it's it's the sleep deprivation it absolutely fries <laughs> your fucking brain yeah. it fries it you can't be rational and so something like that normally that you would probably be able to handle you just can't because no. you don't actually have the like neurological capability to be like let's see this as it actually is everything yeah. just gets you know we'll come back tomorrow maybe or next yeah week. Yeah. yeah i mean mine hasn't come back and i'm seven years down the line so i think i'm fucked really at this point last year i was probably at my lowest ebb with mm. sleep we moved house and when we moved house it totally fucked my daughter's sleep so she was two when we moved here. Is this when she was waking at like half four? Oh my god! Starting yeah. the day. Yeah, I think and... I remember you posting just oh being like, <laughs> it was fucking chaos. And oh. not only that, it was it also wasn't helped by the fact that I did work with two sleep consultants, and they both said she's the most difficult child that they'd ever oh. worked with. And it was Brilliant. kind of like, oh right, okay, so that's it then. This is my fucking life, is it? But then, um, yeah, we started a, a really alternative sleep school in December last year. And it changed our lives like within two weeks. But just that point of getting to that point of being like, I I can't actually do this anymore because mm. she was waking up and she was being awake in the night for like an hour and a half, screaming solidly for an hour and a half. There's no consoling her, even if you're in there with her. And then she was awake for the day at five. And it was just like, this is mental. But I can just, yeah, yeah I think there were so many moments where I thought, I just deeply regret ever making the choice to become a mother yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I think if no parent as as any parent says they haven't gone through that moment are lying because so I can see a so way out lines. you know it's like yeah. this is she's older now it's not like a baby where you think oh this is naturally going to get better it's just yeah, like, yeah. what's yeah, going to happen shit. yeah, yeah <laughs> what's yeah. going to happen oh it's yeah, horrible yeah. But it was all resolved with the sleep school because they were amazing. And yeah, she's been fine ever since then. She still has her moments, but um, generally all round compared to what it was, it's like it's it, we're in a good place with it. Yeah. Well, I've got a few friends who've got like one-year-olds and all of them have been just constant bugs since about August. Yeah. yeah. And they're all just like going, like, I, I don't know if I can keep doing that. Like, obviously yeah. they're going to keep doing it, but they're really struggling. And also but there's also a bit of like, how have you done this? before had and I, yeah. well I've said I have you know you have said this is quite hard like you guys have been really honest about how hard you found it but you can't really hear that until you're no. in it and I don't no. think it's particularly helpful to keep saying to someone yeah I mean that's another thing that people like to tell you when you're pregnant oh it's gonna be really hard yeah, yeah I remember yeah. people saying it to me when Toby just started sleeping through so Toby's my youngest he just started sleeping through I don't know he was he was under one and somebody said to me, you wait till he hits a nine month sleep regression. It will be awful. Great. And she said, like, my child's 18 months now. And it's since nine months, we've not had more than like three hours sleep or something ridiculous like that. And it just filled me with absolute fucking gut churning fear. Because I thought, shit, that's me. And it never happened. And I think that's the thing that really fucks me off with with parenting or mothering in general, is we forget the fact that what is 
as you made a prime example, some people would prefer to have a newborn baby. Some people would prefer a toddler. Some people preferred when they're older. It's like, it's so individual. You can't mm. sit there and say that it's going to be difficult because you found it difficult. It's such, it's shit. It's, mm. that's like, expecting everybody to enjoy everything at the same time it's impossible no one's ever going to enjoy everything it's at the like same time it's like a martyrdom isn't it that it we is. who've been there before want to let you know that they've been there yeah. before and they survived it but it was really awful or something but and it, unless you're actually why. in it you can't begin to fathom what it's like when we had toby literally within six weeks i my liver was failing basically and i ended up having emergency gallbladder surgery oh, and in the, the weeks leading up to that I cannot put into fucking words how horrific life... I mean, I was I had postnatal depression as well. It's that one ideal. But all round, it was just fucking shit. And, uh, you know, I would never think to tell somebody, oh, yeah, you know, it's so shit because it's, this is what I went through. Because it, it's just, I don't know, I just think it's a bit of a wank away in which we live life now. It's like we're really quick to tell people it's going to be fucking awful with like little to no sort of insight into that person's life but anyway. there's a way of doing it as well isn't there because at the end of the day it is challenging like I think every single stage of being a parent is challenging and it comes with different challenges so you can sort of ex- you know share that and say yeah actually I did find it really challenging but I think if you're going to do that it's like the shit sandwich isn't it yeah (laughs) you've got to do a good thing a bit of the shit and then a good thing so essentially you're saying it's really fucking shit that bit's really hard I've been there I went for it too but I survived it and you know I think the the reassurance of it does get better (laughs) and no it won't last forever I think I've found that just knowing that things won't last yeah, it forever. Gets better. It That's gets better, always the it? thing that I cling on to. And that yeah. everything is a phase. You know, like if you just think this is just a phase, it's fine. Yeah. It's just a fucking yeah. phase. I've, got, the I've thing, not slept for nine months. It's a phase. Like the thing for me, I find so difficult. And I know that, you know, it's such an annoying way in which I process things is that when I'm not in it, I can give people all the logical fucking advice and be like, you know, it's not going to last forever. Mm. And then as soon as I'm in it, I'm like, this is so unfair. No one else is going through it. It's just me. I'm all alone. I hate it. It could be anything. That could be from like having a newborn baby to having piles. Like it's just, it's everything across the board. Like nobody's as weird as I am. Everything in my life is terrible. I just, I can't cope with it when it's me. And yet when it's someone else, I'm like, this is fine. Full of the wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all do that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, um, I really wish I was a little bit more sort of like you said, Vic. You were like, "Oh, we all expect for the newborn phase to be exhausting," and I'm like, "What? Well, <laughs> I wasn't," and I was really resentful when it was. I was like, "This is shit. I don't want it to be I mean, this shit." I don't shit. think you can ever comprehend just how fucking difficult and exhausting it's going to be. But good luck yeah. to anyone who's pregnant. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> But also know that in a few years' time, you'll be looking back at all the pictures and going, oh, they were so lush Yeah. when you do get there. So it does. It does change. I don't. I'm looking at my pictures of my baby. I'm like, you look like an absolute slug. (laughs) They look like a slug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you look at them and go, oh. You were fucking ugly. Yeah, but the scabby head and the 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 crusty skin. That was bad. This episode is sponsored by Resi Design, an architectural platform whose aim is to demystify what is a complex process and help people to create their dream home faster, on budget, with less drama and in a climate-friendly way. 
I have seen so many friends completely stressed out when doing building works and having to manage all the people and the aspects involved, like we don't have enough things and people to manage. So with Resi, not only do they assist with the architectural design and planning of a project, but also the financial aspects and sourcing experienced contractors such as structural engineers and builders, which makes them completely unique. They are also brilliantly a female-led tech startup and the UK's biggest online residential architecture firm. And they have a market-leading 93% track record in getting planning approval compared to the 80% average, which sounds excellent as planning permission is another thing I've seen lots of people doing work to their houses get really stressed by. So if you're within the M25, you can get a renovation proposal based on a realistic budget and timeline and build your happy home with Resi. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Steph, yeah. you had three though. Like you, you had yeah. three. I mean, or... Probably is too many. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, had the, I had the first two really close together, but I never was selling my stuff or passing on my stuff and saying I was done. And uh, I'm one of six, and I think there's just something oh. in me that wanted a big family. But that, I mean, six is too many, clearly. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I get that. Chaos. I'm one of four, and I always thought I'd have four kids. And then yeah, I had, same. I had two, and I was like, 
fucking well, absolutely yeah. draw the yeah. line. That's it. I did for a bit, but then, and I was quite, I was relative, so I was 29 when I had Buster. But yeah, and then there's, there's a five-year gap between the younger two. So I did wait a bit. But Frank is gorgeous. But every now and then we go, oh, if he wasn't here yeah. now... We'd still yeah. be asleep because the other two, <laughs> the other two are hitting that phase when they That's sleep. It, yeah, yeah. Or we wouldn't have to watch Ninjago again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we do. We are aware. We like let ourselves know. Oh, we fuck this a little bit. By that. <laughs> do you let him know? <laughs> He's. We had his parents in. They're like, is he? he's happy you know you're like I know so that's he's obviously worked out right I know I mean this will be therapy in 25 years time for him but yeah he just is like always happy and performing that's really I mean fuck look at mine and Vic's profession both of our kids are definitely going to need intense therapy when they're older (laughs) no not Jesus Christ um so I had some questions reflecting on the year are you ready for these yeah so your villain of the year I'll kick off with that Mine's Matt Hancock, I think. Do you know what I thought? I suspected. Yeah. I mean, we just make it the whole of the conservative party. Yeah. No, but him especially because he's fucking taking the piss by going to the jungle. And ITV can fucking do one as well because they've given him a platform of like, oh, let's restore him. Let's make out that he's actually a good guy. It's like, no, he's not. He he is actually. Me, the villain is ITV for for even allowing it. Yeah. Allowing it. Like, I'm so disgusted in that. I've really felt for all the people in there because I was thinking if you're in that intense environment, because you could see obviously when he came in that a load of them were like, oh, my God. Yeah. But you would come across as a bully if you completely cut someone out and all that stuff. And I wonder how they're dealing with that. That would be really hard. I just felt sorry for them for that bit. Oh, no. Uh, I didn't. I actually purposely didn't watch it this year. Because I didn't. I, I haven't so watched it. Off. I couldn't watch it. I, 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 I generally so don't watch it, to be fair. But I just mm. think the fact that he went in in the first place it's like yeah and i've yeah, seen, I mean, cli- I I've seen clips of my... him on there and like the shit that he's come out of you're like oh shut up you little worm like i just I can't think the thing that pisses me I off can't. the most about it is the fact that he actually managed to win over some of the general public and you know yeah, he, did. Like, he how got did he really get far in like what the hell what the but then that's just that is yeah i'm sorry but i just think the majority of the population are morons i think a lot of it is an is older generation that's what i mean morons yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot <laughs> Yeah, for the same people that gave us Brexit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh my god! And at the end of the day, is the majority because that's why these things have happened. That's why the Conservative Party are in. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's the majority of people, unfortunately. But yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So I think we're in agreement. Generally speaking, I would say ITV. I would say the Conservative Party in general because I fucking hate them. And yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with everything Vic said about. So, what about Hero of the Year? It could be anyone. It doesn't have to be someone famous, but you... Mine's my dad. Because he got diagnosed with terminal leukaemia in May and they gave him a six-month life expectancy and he's still going strong. Mm. And at the moment, like, as as far as his health kind of goes, he's really strong and he's responded really well to all the chemo. And just like, I don't know, just watching him and my mom as well, like she'll have to be in there too, I think. But just, yeah, how they're dealing with it all. And it's been a right old bloody roller coaster, obviously, mm-hmm. because if you're told that you're going to die. In fact, when they initially gave him their diagnosis, they said if he didn't have the chemo, it would be two months. So oh, it's God. like those time frames are pretty intense. Aren't they? Yeah. It's like yeah. fucking hell. Um, but yeah, he's still here. He's still going and he's still so active. He's still like being really creative because he's he is a creative always yeah. has been um 
still working, even still working. And yeah, just really proud of him. And obviously really thankful that we get to spend Christmas together because we honestly didn't think that we were going to. That's so. such a lot. That's such a head fuck, isn't it? Like, yeah. well, and for him as well, watching him go through it, because it's not like he's not an old man. So no. presumably you're watching him try and put trying to work out what's going on for himself and how he feels about it and how he communicates about it and all that stuff but you're an adult so you can see it as a fellow adult if you know yeah yeah it's weird isn't it but it's definitely made me feel like a little girl Hmm. yeah but then I think that when you go back to a time when you know that you're going to lose a parent it does make you vulnerable and of course it's going to have a, an attachment to your inner child because your inner child is going, well, I don't want to lose my dad. And mm. that's the worst part about the the grief of losing a parent is that you do have to say goodbye, but it's not just that adult version of you. It's the, the little person in you as well. And there's so much on that inner child uh, in therapy. And yeah. of course that's going to be difficult. What about you, Laura? Who's your hero? Oh, I don't mean to sound cliche, but it's Vic. Oh, yeah, shut up, No, guys. no, 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 I do mean it because like, and I'm obviously I'm not, I don't oh. shy away from- Oh my God, from... can I just not have any more reason to cry today, please? Yeah. I'm not going to give you a fucking reason, you're fun. No, you're not. But, um, I was called you a cunt, I didn't make it feel better. <laughs> but but I've, I don't think I've shied away from uh, how vocal I've been about the relationship and what it's meant to me. But before I had my breakdown, I would probably, no offence Vic, I don't think the relationship meant that much to me. I think that it was just a friendship. But then when I went through my breakdown and I think a lot of the things that Vic had said to me in the past and our conversations, they aligned. And she she gets me in a way that not a lot of other people get. And she um, understands. And I think because we're very similar, it was a friendship that kind of happened by chance really. And it's something that's grown into something so much more and so much deeper. And we don't see each other very often, but she's a part of my daily life. And I I honestly, like not only just because of knee deep in life, but just the general friendship that we have, I don't think I would be thriving in my job right now if I didn't have her in it. So that's so so lovely. You didn't say me. No, I'm joking. You've got to say your dad. Are you dying? Are you, if you're dying, you'll be my hero. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is quite interesting. It must say something about the two of you that how maybe it's like an inner confidence or something, whether you think you've got it or not, that you were able to come together and go, we'll do this, do this stuff together. Because loads of people in with what you both do might have seen each other as competitors oh. and been like, oh, how's she? Because, you you know, like yeah. doing the mum stuff, all the stuff you do, you, they could, you could have done. And there probably will be people who would never have approached someone else. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, I, don't, when, I think at the time that I found Laura... I there was nobody else doing stuff it uh, there probably were but it didn't feel like it and I certainly didn't see it Mm. I didn't see anyone doing anything that was alternative like outside of the normal you know picture perfect bollocks Mm. and then I found Laura's account and I don't remember how I found her I think someone probably like had shared her on stories or something like that and I was like oh who's this and it was like instantly just fell in love with her. It was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, oh my God, who is this woman? You know, like it was like that, you know, when you find someone on Instagram, it doesn't happen yeah. that often or like on social media, no, you doesn't. just instantly you're like, fucking hell, I love them. Like they're mm. everything they do, 
I think they're brilliant. They're so funny. Every like all the messaging that she's putting out about like body positivity, anything to do with parenting. Because I, I I see like Laura. That for me, she's massively changed my sort of relationship with body image. I think, and I, I really do struggle with it. I still struggle with it, and it's like a it's still a almost a daily internal conversation that I have to have with myself to just but I th- keep but myself similar, in check you know similar for me but I think that's really normal if you've had issues when you're younger that yeah it doesn't go away all no, the people no. that do look the, it's still there but you have to like you know how to go well, hang on a minute and reason sometimes exactly. you can do it sometimes yeah. you can't yeah no, and it's yeah. the same for me like I, I think that's the thing that I've never wanted to and probably in the past I did I did put it across that way I don't ever want it to come across like I've got my shit together. I don't think anybody thinks I've got my shit I think together. You, I think you let us know that you don't. <laughs> I want to make that really abundantly clear because it's another one of those things to me that you see this, like, this really unattainable image that's being pumped out over and over again. And I don't want that. Like, I couldn't be more anti that if I tried. Hmm. And I, I have not had a connection with anybody on social media like I have Vic like Mm. as much as there are other people online I I think that and I think Vic would agree this industry is pretty shallow and I don't want to slag it off because it's it's also one that I fucking love I love my job so much but you can meet people and think that you're going to like them and then quite quickly go oh they're looking over their shoulder at who's coming in the door that's exactly it and you know what? I think I I was so naive when I came into this and I just thought people were being nice. And I'm not saying that I can't be a bitch. Of course I can be a fucking bitch. I'm a human being. I'm more than capable of doing bad things and horrible things. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, you know, Miss Perfect. But I genuinely enjoy connection with people. I thrive on it. And so if I'm going to meet somebody, it's not because I want to fucking disappear up their ass and, and get mm. something out of them. It's a genuine connection and I hate loathe the fact that this industry it's very very difficult to come by and maybe that's why Vic and I have kind of clung to each other because it's like oh my god you're like me <laughs> yeah you're not don't let go. Good. <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I feel a lot of the time it's very much Vic and I and then everybody else because it's it's also that fear <laughs> against of against the world trust. baby like yeah. me and you. You. it looks fun I'll come and sit with you yeah, yeah, yeah you do you're always it welcome is weird, it is weird that it's um what you think people's relationships are and then when you see them in reality and you're like oh no that's not yeah yeah it's a strange one yeah. okay I've got what who's your um celeb crush of the year oh my god I think for both We're of both us the same. because have you watched Lady Chatley's Love Alert yeah <gasps> no. oh my lad get your vibrator ready oh my god what's his name I've forgotten his name Jack O'Connell I Jack O'Connell I will have to look him up. I have a bit of a I have a bit of a thing for ginger bearded men. He's not like when you say ginger though, you think of fucking Ed Sheeran and that's not no no no. Ed Sheeran is not my vibe. He's a hint of ginge. He's a bit I don't know. He just looks a bit rough around the edges, doesn't he? Yeah, and I love rough. And and yeah, I married Steve, who couldn't be more fucking clean cut. (laughs) Yes, so Rob's got a bigger vagina than I have. Uh, yeah, clean clean cut doesn't do it for me but yeah he's not clean do, cut mate no way i do uh kevin off this is us i i oh, did no. there was something i know oh. but he's not my usual type there was something i don't know what it was maybe no. <laughs> okay parenting triumph of the year oh, God. 
keeping them alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're still alive and they're in my care. I guess that's probably a triumph. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a single one, mate. Triumph. I mean, do you know what? Yesterday I sent Laura a video. Edith, oh, it's not, not my it's it not my triumph at all, but it was so fucking hilarious. It was Edith's nativity yesterday. Oh. And her singing was like a foghorn. And oh. everyone else was just going, Merry Christmas. And she's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> like that. Like it's so, it was so funny. Really? Everyone was laughing their heads off. So that was, that was pretty. But it's oh, not no, a triumph, she, is it? She was just yes, being it is. Hey, that's so she's confident and she's enjoying yeah. herself. I know. So it's her Take first. It. And I wasn't sure if she'd be confident or that. And, and Oliver's never stayed on stage for longer than three seconds for every single play that he's ever done. Because <laughs> oh, he's just started crying and oh, had to be taken oh. off. Yeah. But she did. She had a line everything she was like so sassy it was great I I actually think my parenting triumph was probably the fact that in more recent times I've started doing things with the boys on my own so like which I know sounds silly but as someone that's recovering from a you know mental health crisis from last year it's major so you know the three of us went to London together and we did Longleat together and just spending that time has been really reparative yeah it's been very needed for them and for me it's been very precious like I've really enjoyed those moments yeah maybe a parenting realization is that I don't have to do shit with them all the time like we don't have to go to a museum we don't have to go on a day trip we don't we have paired back on that so much in the last like six months I don't know why we just have and you know mine are little they're three and six so yeah. we don't need to do that shit. And what happens is we go and it's actually not worth the stress. Yeah. 80% Everyone's of the time. Crying. Everyone's crying. Killing and then they're you. exhausted by the end of the day. And it's just, it descends into hell. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. we just keep it local and we, like, honestly, we go on the bus. We don't even go anywhere. Yeah. You yeah, love that shit. I know. We just do or a loop. Train, yeah. Like, that's the next it. Stop and back again. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of little city farms around here. Go to the farm. It doesn't yeah. cost anything. Yeah. And then do that in the morning and then come back and really just letting them play and like at home, maybe setting up something if I can be asked, but generally I don't do that because I can't be asked. No. But yeah, just pairing back on feeling like having to do shit and with also, them all like, the time. I mean, there's, there's lots that 80s parenting probably has to answer for, but... We didn't do loads of stuff all no. the time. I got drop kicked out of the fucking house by the time it was eight o'clock. And my mum was like, come back. Sometimes she didn't even say come back at fucking lunch. <laughs> I actually said the other day, I said about the fact that my boys, like they, some, my next door but one neighbour, they're like, are really, really close friends. And she was like, mate, my kids won't eat these waffles. Do you want them? I said, no, my kids are very particular about the waffles they eat. She was like, what the fuck? She had an art, you know, I, I was lucky if my mum slung me a bit of toast. So I went, mate, by the time I was in year two, I used to get myself up, get myself dressed and get my own breakfast and walk myself to school oh, and I said on the one fucking time when my mum did it for me I started crying because I thought something bad had happened <laughs> I cried that my mum made me breakfast <laughs> which makes it sound like I grew up in a really hostile environment I didn't it was just very 80s yeah, yeah, very yeah. 80s I different. used to make my, make my own packed lunches and stuff from about yeah. seven like, and yeah. I'm one, and one of six so, but I'm yeah, yeah. Well, so, but, like, you, you do that you can do yeah. that yourself um, I've got a weird parenting moment so I'd be interested to know if any of your kids have done this so all of my kids have done this when they're on the toilet having a shit they will choose that moment to say I love you (laughs) and I've heard other people say the same but recently Frank as he's doing it 
So he's on the toilet and he said, I just always want to be near you as he's pooing. Oh my God. I mean, I don't want to freak you out, but we had a sex therapist on our podcast. Oh my God, yes. And she talked about this because, you know, because they're all boys as well, aren't they? Yeah. Well, so, no, my middle one's a girl, but she didn't do it so much. It was the boys. No, oh, yeah, God, it's what? the boys. It's, a boy it's the boys thing. because their prostate is getting stimulated when they're <laughs> having a poo. Yeah. And honestly, it's like it's like literally releasing sexy, not sexy because they're kids, but like it's dopamine and serotonin. They don't know what to do. It feels nice. So she said about the fact that it can then, like they people. That's how a fetish can start. That's how fetishes start. Yeah. <laughs> so don't wipe their bum as they're saying it because otherwise they're going to be yeah, obsessed otherwise. with a holes. Right? And they're going to be obsessed with bum holes and mums. Unless you're all right with that. <laughs> bum yeah, holes yeah. and mums. <laughs> That's every man ever, isn't it? Oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean. <sighs> Because he does it to Doug, they do it to, with Doug yeah. as well. It's just, it's the just old, that it feels one, nice it? and it's obviously releasing like, you know, like a nice chemical in his brain. Oh, well, I wasn't expecting a science lesson today. Oh, no. There you Thank go. you very much. Well, there you go. There's Welcome that weird little... talk. So when you... <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> you should do, you should. This would be a great TED talk. <laughs> okay, um, coming to the end. So your biggest lesson of 2022. Mine relates to having a parent dying and just generally kind of being quite immersed in death and grief is that I've just seemed to have made this very conscious decision to stop letting fear hold me back. Um, so I've done quite a few things in the last six months, especially career wise, that have absolutely fucking terrified me beyond mm-hmm all belief to the point where physically because I'm not very good at dealing with adrenaline of like being like I don't actually know how I'm gonna be able to do this because I think I'm gonna pass out and just do a massive shit piss on the floor (laughs) mid-job um but I've just done it anyway and like mentally Mm. really worked through the fear and just been like fuck it just do it um so yeah that's definitely been something that I've taken away from this year and I I feel like that in all aspects of my life I've definitely been like stop worrying about it don't let fear hold you back and just mm. do it, baby. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it is that simple. It's the same, exactly the same for me. I think last year, I, I talk about last year a lot, but it was a massively significant no, well, I've, part I've of my life. I've read about it and listened to other stuff that you've said about it. And you, you had a breakdown at the beginning of the year that was massive, yeah. right? Yeah. So January of last year, like it was, you know, sort of taken to hospital kind of level bad and mm. I stopped leaving the house like I, I, I was agoraphobic and I've never experienced anything like it in my entire life and I've I've spent 17 months or I have I'm just about to go back into therapy because obviously I'm not great out of it but I spent 17 months of my life in really really intense therapy and I think that if there's one thing that it's taught me is that you've got to step outside of that comfort zone. So I, and I really fucking have. So, you know, the tattoos, the hair coming off and the way I dress changing and, you know, performing my show that I did last month, like that yeah. was a, which is brilliant. Huge. I have wanted to do that forever, but I kind of felt like, but I can't do that because I've, I don't have any experience of it. Like I've not yeah, gone yeah, to drama school. Job. I've not, mm-hmm. I've not grown up in, a, in an environment of other comedians. Indians and I, you know I've not done the pubs and clubs doing stand-up so I felt like I can't do this and then it was very much like a, no you just fucking do it and the opportunity came along and I went yeah okay I'll do it and I didn't think much about it and then it was like shit <laughs> like Vic said it wasn't so much that I wasn't scared I mean Vic can confirm she was there I was terrified but I I knew for myself I had to step outside of that comfort zone 
to for myself but also for that person last year you know she suffered mm. so much and I think I'm working endlessly and I will continue to work endlessly to make sure that I never end up back there um and so taking bigger steps to be a little bit more of who I am on the inside and allowing that to be on the outside is is kind of like my ethos now and that's probably been my biggest triumph that's massive you've both had massive years what do you want for 2023 a dick load more money (laughs) (laughs) I thought she was going to say a dick I was like yeah I'll have that in a woodshed I'm joking. If you haven't watched Lady Chatterley's Lover, that won't make any sense. But Vic and I are now basically <laughs> desperate to be fucked in the woods <laughs> by it, like a pheasant keeper. Oh, okay. You can make that You know what? I, I've watched it three times this week. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, I, no, mean, I think uh, 2023. Give less shits. Um, just keep going with the career shit. I would really love to stop comparing myself and allowing myself to fall down that rabbit warren of believing that I'm not good enough which Mm. I think is really important to vocalize because when you're on any form of social platform people will look up to you and think but if only I get to that then I'll start loving myself or believing in myself and I'm still working on it and I'm where I'm at you know for all intents and purposes I should just take a moment and be proud of myself and yet I can't be because I don't feel like I've worked hard enough so I think I want next year as same as career, like my uh, same as Vic, my career mind is like, I'm so focused on my career. It's my passion. It's my love. So continuing to work really hard at that. Um, but also just giving myself a bit of a pat on the back from time to time. I'd like to do that. that so nice. me and Laura, basically we just take it in turns to go on the spiral of um, yeah. self-hatred. <laughs> it's like hey tag team but then the other one supports the other one but so that you know it fucking works and I I, I know Laura said it as well but for me too I couldn't survive in this career I don't think if I didn't have Laura because she's like my soul you know in in all of this she keeps me grounded she keeps me sane too late you already didn't give me I wasn't your favorite person so you you can't start saying it now She's still going to try and compete with the dying dad. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find yourself in the same situation where you struggle with like that self-comparison as a a business owner? What is your psyche around it? All the time. I think I don't follow as many people as I used to or yeah. I don't or I don't just don't really engage in it or I think but you do you you get trapped in that thing where you start looking when you're feeling more shit that's yeah, what we were saying you look well. for it don't you yeah and but and you know that that doesn't make you feel any good I think yeah definitely and with the business you do compare yourself to what other people are doing but I think there's something about again talking about when you're in that early kid phase and a bit further down the line I don't compare myself as a mum I don't compare myself so that taking that out massively helps Mm. like the generally because that's a big part of who I am and then I think it's kind of remembering with the business stuff I think there'll be people who are doing really well and they're earning millions of pounds but I don't know what their life's like or what their balance is like or their relationships so I suppose and this is a bit boring answer probably but like going like what is success to me what does that look like because if it's that I will be around and I will pick up my kids from school and I will stay married and all those things then I need to do stuff that helps that yeah rather than and it, I, that doesn't matter what someone else is doing if that's my no, exactly. focus 
And I yeah. want, do you feel like maybe that, I know I shouldn't be doing this because it's not like for me to start interviewing you, <laughs> but I, I genuinely sort of intrigued. Do you feel like maybe that that mindset changed with everything that happened with Doug, which I obviously, I didn't realise until very, very recently when yeah, I saw yeah. your interview, which was really yeah. beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I think, yes, yeah. That gives you the perspective that, that you're talking about. Yeah. But like, you, you can't ever shake that. Like, you don't have it all the time, so he's still does my nut in and I'll moan at him for something really pathetic we had a row this morning like that's all normal but with the big stuff the big life stuff yeah I'd say that's life-changing like to sit next to someone getting diagnosed and he was 30 at the time and I was 29 and I'm pregnant and you kind of like you're never gonna stop having that as a kind of on your shoulder going um why are you stressing about I don't know or like why are you putting so much time into the business that you haven't seen your family for five days or whatever yeah yeah so yeah I think it does you can't ever lose that yeah I love that I'm sure you already follow Laura and Victoria but if not links are in this episode's notes thank you to Resi for sponsoring this episode check them out at resi.co.uk that's r-e-s-i.co.uk don't forget to have a look at don'tbuyherflowers.com for Christmas gifts if you've not got yours yet or just any thoughtful gifts all year round and um, next week we've got a final episode of the year which is a joint episode with Zoe from the Motherkind podcast and we're each reflecting on three guests from the last year so um, yeah I'd love you to listen to that if you want to subscribe to the podcast then you'll get a notification when that one goes live next week and also if you've enjoyed any of the episodes in the last year I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes rate and subscribe all of that stuff please that would be lovely (laughs) thank you and have yourselves a good week I hope it's not too bonkers out there Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.